I have not touched a video game since that Saturday that I bought Elden Ring. That was wow. the last game I played. And I played it for like an hour and a half. And that was the last time I've had any any free time. So Wow. So he started the game, got called Tarnished six times, and then <laughs> just quit out. Basically. Actually, what happened was I came out of the tutorial area. I immediately hooked a left and missed the uh, opening of person who tells you how to follow the guide. And then I ran down to the beach, got fucked up by an octopus, and said, this game's rad. I like this. Yeah, I still <laughs> haven't been to that beach. And I've played like probably 10-ish hours. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe more. Uh, so did you did you end up going through the the tutorial, or did you miss it because you didn't jump into the pit? Yeah, the combat I tutorial? Jumped. No, I jumped in. I nice. Jumped in. I did too. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying, wait, what? There's a tutorial. Yeah. No, I jumped in and yeah. I was I thought those little the little annotation things that everyone leaves around. No. <laughs> I thought that was part of the game. So I was like reading most of them and I was like, these are really like weird. Like what? They don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone told me or I sorry, I read somewhere that they were just left by players. I'm like, oh, that's really yeah. stupid. Now I can ignore those good. <laughs> yeah. Like there were yes. so many. Some of them are useful, but the vast majority are just dumb jokes. Mm-hmm. There was one that was like in a bush and I went over to it. It's like, is this a treasure? I'm like, no, it's a fucking note. It glows like a treasure, but it's not. <laughs> and that's why you put that. Uh, it's the worst. So I got. I haven't. I mean, I haven't played since, but I hope there's a way to turn them off because I hate them. You can. Excellent. But I'm not going to tell you how. That's part of Elden Ring. <laughs> yes. That's the difficulty what, spike uh... is the uh, options menu. <laughs> I, I don't remember if you guys mentioned it last week. Did you guys mention what starting class you guys all picked? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I, I was looking through. I'm like, I don't know what the difference in any of these are. They're like different levels and weapons and stuff. And I was different stats. I was like, I don't know. Cassandra, pick one. She goes, do the prisoner. Oh, she goes, no, do the naked one, actually. And I'm like, oh, oh God, yeah. no, please. I'm like, give me a weapon. <laughs> you do have a weapon. It's a club, right? Yeah. And she goes, well, she changed my mind. She said, all right, be the hero. And so I was like, oh, thank God. That's funny. Yeah. I I went Bandit. Uh, the stat layout works for the way I like to play these games. And uh, it didn't. it wasn't too high a level, so it was extra customizable. That's shield and axe, right? For Bandit to hero, start? Hero is shield and axe. Oh. Yeah, Bandit has like a long knife, I think it's called. It's it's a scimitar type thing. I was going to say, not a sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a long knife. <laughs> a long knife. You mean a sword. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, picked, uh, I picked Samurai. It had a high starting level, but I really like the Uchikatana. And yeah. that was like my favorite weapon in Dark Souls 3. So when I saw that, that that's the weapon you get is that class. Plus, I just love feudal Japan samurai armor. Like It's so cool. It's just so that cool. like paneled armor. Ugh. The hero looks pretty dumb, I gotta say, so far. like Don't worry. You're going to look and half real dumb throughout that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're just going to be a motley pastiche of random clothing styles. But at least you don't have to run around looking like beef jerky. Well, welcome to Co-Hop's podcast, episode 32. We have Zach back. Welcome back. Thank you. And as always, we have Garrett here. Howdy. Uh, And I'm Nick. And 
Yeah, we are happy to have the whole crew, but it was very nice to have Daniel on the last episode. So go go check that one out if you haven't, if you're for some reason listening out of order. <laughs> uh, hey, Garrett, I have a question for you. Oh, no. Oh, boy. How does a non-binary samurai kill people? <sighs> you tickle their balls. <laughs> they slash them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that, I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh that's good all right new I'm... new new show edition is the uh the dad joke of the week yeah that was actually from a our good resident one. maybe dad. i saw that one on reddit and i thought it was really funny <laughs> that's i yeah i like that that's good i love it uh well speaking of things we love hopefully uh we have a beer this episode and i'm sure zach will love it because this is exactly his deal uh garrett you picked it so why don't you tell us about this beer that is definitely not going to make zach cry well uh just like last episode at the end i was like okay i'm gonna challenge myself and start picking things that are outside of my beer comfort range um particularly not the um 50 of the beer aisle ipa uh, style brews so uh, i went with a, a local beer uh, with wander brewing and this is the Global Mutt Baltic Porter. Um, it's got. I feel like Wander has never let us down. Yeah, uh, we've we've had really really good flavors coming out of their beers, so uh, I I figured Wander is is going to be a good choice. Uh, and my wife's been begging me to um, feature something that has a dog on the can. So this filled all the <laughs> checkboxes. It's not an IPA, and it's got a dog on the can. Um, so yeah, the Global Mutt Baltic Porter. Um, it's brewed with uh, brewed with uh, cacao nibs, coffee, and chocolate. So I knew immediately that Zach was going to love it. Uh, it's got a beer advocate <laughs> uh-huh. score of eighty eight out of a hundred, and in twenty seventeen, it won silver from the North American Brewers Association. I didn't pull a description from this one, but it is a very like dark chocolate, uh, coffee colored. Um, uh, porter um you cannot yeah. see through it at all it's got a nice not even a little no yeah no. it is it is <laughs> black as night it is a porter for sure it's been a while since i've mentioned uh we haven't had something this dark in a while but it's i mentioned before it's got that like motor oil darkness of like yeah you pour it in here and there's like hints of color but you can't see through it yeah and i think irish death is probably the only thing that has been this dark in quite a while like uh brother thelonious was darkish, but mm-hmm. it was still clearly red yeah this is just black and this is a uh, it's seven percent uh abv um i did not pull the ibus on it but um uh to me probably not much yeah not much i mean it's a it's a porter right so um and zach you know having having this nice chocolatey porter after your uh 30 second meal that you had before we started you know going so you have nice uh, something nice to wash it down as a nice dessert beer so um i am going to leave zach to read the beer advocate review because he chose it uh for me <laughs> and uh why don't you tell me that what you discovered zach while trying to find one i discovered that there were no funny reviews for this and i was very sad oh because <laughs> normally we don't i i guess if it hasn't clicked yet, we don't find reviews that like are the best or the worst. I just look for funny sounding ones usually when I'm finding them at least. And uh, there weren't yeah, any same. funny ones. 
And so I think that bodes fairly well for this beer. Yeah, last week was gold, so uh, I'm sad to not have a super funny one. But this one is, this one's just like a nice review. So Ooh. this one, uh, I have found the information about this beer. If you would like the official, um, the official uh, description, go for it. Uh, so it is 34 IBU, uh, 40 SRM, whatever that means, um, and solid rat uh, molecules. Yes. <laughs> Super rare materials. Sonic rad uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> so Sega Genesis music is measured in mm-hmm. SRMs. <laughs> I love it. Zach always talking about uh, Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, European dark specialty malts, American hops, house lager yeast, Ethiopian and Honduran coffee beans from our friends at Camber Coffee. Hmm. Ecuadorian cacao nibs, local chocolate, deep, dark, opaque, brown in color, rich and full mouthfeel, chocolate, coffee, smooth, robust. All right. Cool. That's from their tap list uh, from the, the brewery themselves. So uh, short and sweet gets really to the core of it. Well, let's see if that lines up with, uh, oh, my gosh, Cam- chemo, chemo, arps? Chemo-arps? I'd say chemo-arps. Chemo-arps. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, so... Yeah, Chemo-arps writes this review in uh, August of 2016, so it's a little bit older. But uh, 4.25 out of 5 overall. Look, smell, feel, all fours. Overall, 4.25. Taste, 4.5. I read that in weird order. Cola black with a beautiful tan head that sits atop its high throne, refusing to come down. Ruby hints around the thinner bits. Nose serves immediate reminder that coffee beans were involved in the brewing here, with chocolate and char supporting. More carbonation than I would typically look for, and maybe a bit thin, but the follow-through and aftertaste and whatnot more than make up for it. Flavor presents with a rich roasted coffee up front once again, with the bitter beans drawing contrast from a syrupy fudge-like chocolate ribbon. Finish is bitter as it dips back into the coffee, is for closers. <laughs> Finish is primarily bitter coffee and baker's chocolate, but with occasional pecks of sweet cocoa. As has been noted, this is not your standard Baltic porter. What it is, however, is a dream for anyone who loves coffee and chocolate in their beer. <laughs> like I was Zach. thoroughly impressed and will probably make it a semi-regular member of the rotation. That's great. So this, me, this yeah, review I'm, just says this is the perfect beer for you. Yeah, this review just says if you like this, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hey, that's a great let review. Me make this, let me make this really wordy review, five words. Yeah. It's uh it's funny. This this doesn't have quite the like caramel mocha flavor that the um the black butte uh, uh English style porter or no the black butte. What what was Black it called? Boar. Again? Black boar. <laughs> Black, Black boar. boar. Yes, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> the horse, you know, the Black Beauty. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I was thinking like like a, a geographical feature, like a Black mm. Butte. Um, mm. But anyway, yeah, Black Boar. Thank you. Um, uh, there was even a cool story. I should have remembered it. But uh, it it's not quite like that. But 
it, it definitely has those coffee and chocolate flavors and it's but it's surprisingly drinkable it's not super heavy uh apparently baltic porters are made with lager style yeasts so they're a little lighter uh in in their flavor profile uh which oh, definitely uh definitely bears out in this because i think this is exceptionally drinkable compared to what i expect from a porter yeah i expected bores out in this <laughs> I I expected to, yeah, I expected it to be like thicker, but it is definitely not. You can tell that the um, that it is as described in the review, like a bit thinner than you would expect, especially with how it pours. I mean, like the head of my beer is sticking to the rim of my glass, uh, almost yeah. like if you've ever you know had wine and they like swirl it around and it has like legs, right? And it's the the wine drips slowly down the sides. The head is just completely stuck to the top of my glass, but it's very it's it's thin, but it's mm-hmm. very very flavorful. Someone can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's technically called the lacing. Sure, mm. it looks like lace. I don't know. That's cool. I'm making shit up. No, that's great. Nobody knows. We should come up with our own acronyms and terms just to confuse <laughs> people who actually drink beer. Do it to just infuriate Chip, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, every every episode we have a new uh, meaning for IBU and the, SRM. The the side doily <laughs> looks really nice on this one. Yeah, the side skirts. There you go. Indeed. <laughs> I I think this feels thin, especially compared to Brother Thelonious, which was pretty thick compared to what I expected for that kind of color and flavor profile of beer, where it was pretty rich and creamy almost um and this is a darker beer but almost lighter in flavor and texture so i've I've drank a couple sips of this now and i don't really i'm not really a big fan of the flavor just because it's got a strong coffee taste which i am notedly not a fan of but the the drinkability as you say is very smooth and it's very thin and it Definitely, I'm just echoing what you guys have already said, but when I poured this, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be, like, I just ate. I don't want to drink this. I know. But <laughs> it's, it's a bread in a bottle it, is the, the kind of classic descriptor. But Yeah, but it's not that way at all. No. It's just dark is really what it is. Note to yeah. self, pick an oatmeal uh, stout for uh, <laughs> next the, the next time I have to pick because Zach's yeah. going to eat something and go, oh, God. No, I, I'm be I so think full. You guys, you guys know my... my strategy of getting home at 7 30 eating and immediately sitting down to record yeah. yeah i uh i i think i get stouts and porters confused in my head a lot mm-hmm. and so i think i expected some of the things that are signature to a stout out of this porter and that's not not quite uh how it how it bears out um which is probably why i'm as surprised as i am about how light it is but uh yeah, and I, I think thinking about it, uh, as you mentioned, the coffee flavor notes, and I've been pondering it and sipping it, uh, I think the difference between this and the Black Boar is that that one felt like a like a creamy coffee drink with espresso, and this, the flavor notes, feel like black coffee. Yep, which I am a I'll definite... I'll take your word on that. <laughs> I'm a definite <laughs> black coffee drinker, so this is right up my alley. I like chocolate. I mean, this is this is all the things that I would like in a beer. Um, and I just picked it at sight. You know, like I said, um, I saw that it wasn't an IPA and it had a dog in the can. Those are my conditions for picking it. <laughs> but um, for, por- for Porter, um, 
speaking of kind of a wine, the way that I remember is my father-in-law is super into wine. So he, he teaches me a little bit of something every time we hang out nice. and there's a wine variety called a port. And that's usually like a very well aged, like dessert wine. And it's heavy and very high in alcohol compared to wines. Mm-hmm. So like port Porter, I think of like a dessert beer kind of, and yeah. a lot of them have chocolate coffee notes. Uh, but I, I was again, just as you two were pleasantly surprised with the kind of the lager drinkability of it. It's just very smooth and very light. Yeah, this is something like a lot of porters and stouts. I feel like I can have one glass of at a at a bar if I'm hanging out there for a while and, and I can't have a second one. This I could see having my second can while we're recording. I, I brought three pints, so uh, three of my four <laughs> pints, and I'm getting back up to those numbers. So we'll, we'll see how I do, and I'll report back next week when we record to how big of a mistake that was. It's going to be So great. you guys didn't uh, mention how many you each drank last week of of the brother. Two. I, I brought I, two bottles with me. I think Dan got through three, if I remember him telling me. He did. Oh, I think I had two. Dan was also very drunk. He didn't He didn't eat anything. I'm pretty sure he mentioned <laughs> yeah. that, but he didn't eat anything. And afterwards, I was messaging him on Discord, and it was like, I got to make food. And I was like, yeah, man, you got to uh-huh. get, get some bread in you or something. Yeah, just eat a, uh, like three tortillas without doing anything to them. Just <laughs> straight carbs. Um, yeah, I I was definitely feeling it at the end of last episode more than I usually do. So that that brother Thelonious is heavy, and this is not that different. So we'll we'll see how two to three pints of nine point six ends up taking us this could be a funny i think this is it's only, only seven, seven actually oh it's only seven. right okay yeah. it's only seven that's so, yeah, right don't I'm, even worry I'm about thinking. it you'll breeze through three don't worry. yeah, yeah it's you'll fine. be fine you'll be okay <laughs> zach not being a brave soul only brought one yeah he knew he knew fine. he wasn't gonna like it and uh he was right yeah checks out i'm, I'm gonna finish this one yay yeah. I, so pre- I appreciate you'll, it. you'll get that out of me but i'm not gonna drink any more than and that. we will <laughs> happily accept the other three from your four pack Oh, of course. <laughs> Worth noting, this was a rather expensive beer, too. Yeah, yeah like, I'm sorry, it, it guys. Was like, that's fine. That's fine. It was like $19, I think, for yeah, a four-pack. Four pack. Which is on the pricier side which, from the ones that we purchased. It's funny. Mine, uh, I bought as singles from the local co-op, and they were four forty nine each. So I think I actually paid less than you did oh, by a dollar. Damn. Or by like 25 cents per beer. <laughs> Garrett's apologizing, but I made you guys buy a $10 bottle of beer for an early episode with the Colshan Barrel Aged. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's true. one I had recently that um, uh, if I can find it again, I will try to feature it. And that was like a $15 bottle. So we'll see. Hey, I'm fine with the expense. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. If it's if it's special, if it's good, like the the barrel. Everything one. we do is special, Nick. I know. Yeah. It but, is. But there's there's day to day. It's it's like in fashion. There's like um, there's wearable fashion that you would it's like oh that's a cool jacket and then there's fashion Yeezys. that's like it, it, yeah or or like uh, and then you see stuff that goes down the runway at paris fashion week and you're like who would ever wear this anywhere and the answer is nobody because it was yeah. designed for that stage and nothing else like a neck to floor poncho <laughs> yeah uh yeah one of uh one of my favorite f1 drivers Arguably greatest of all time, Lewis Hamilton uh, recently was at uh, Paris Fashion Week 
and he was seated next to Zendaya and he said uh he posted on Instagram saying like thanks to the designer who sat me next to Zendaya I'm gonna try to get on Euphoria season three uh these kids need a teacher for real (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it's good but anyway uh we'll check back in on the I was about to say the coffee because boy it, it sure tastes like it we'll check back in on the beer later uh, but for now, uh, Zach, why don't you elucidate us on what you have been collecting because you haven't been playing anything? Uh, as I mentioned, I have not played a single thing, so I have collected a few things, though. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these because we're trying to keep it to one per person, but uh, I wanted to just mention these. So for GameCube, I picked up the Game Boy Player. Yeah. I think mm. is uh pretty fun. I love uh, the I love that thing. It's the little square thing you smash on the bottom and put in the uh, Game Boy Advance games and then inevitably lose the disc. <laughs> oh, of course. And the disc is very expensive. So I bought the the Game Boy Player by itself because there is a way you can uh, make the Game Boy Player bootable off of a memory card. Uh-huh. So oh, cool. I'm just gonna do that. Sneaky instead of buying the disc because the disc is quite expensive the gameplay player itself is like 40 dollars ish okay. are you are you going to ever invest in like the um i know that there's like an hdmi converter that goes right into the back of the, like the mm. nintendo video thing isn't there there's uh, component cables mm. and they are yeah. quite expensive they, they're like 300 no no, no they, like i'm talking about like a third party like a third party oh, makes third something party. that no. plugs into the back because they did well, it for n64 and i thought that they were doing it for gamecube as well and I feel like that would need actual like converting tech in there, like that. Mm-hmm. That would be like OSSC style, like an actual device that's doing things. The answer is no, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I won't. You have your, you have your yeah, you have your CRT, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think I would personally rather invest in something like a Retron that uh, is not necessarily old hardware. Um, cause if I'm using old hardware, I kind of want to keep it as it was, uh, however, however that is. And like modding stuff, uh, is, I don't know. I think at that point I would rather just try to find the games on in re-releases or find a way to play them through another more modern means. Small but relevant tangent, Zach. How many copies of the Game Boy Advance game uh, Zelda Four Swords do you have? Just one, but if you tell me to, I'll buy two more. Because I was thinking that <laughs> uh, with your game, well, I, you don't need a Game Boy player, but using your GameCube and the Elgato, we could do a Zelda yeah. Four Swords stream and connect and sit like yeah. three inches away from each other with uh, the Game Boy. Because well, what I a guess you would, you would need Game Boy Advanced. Uh, yeah, that's I, I've got plenty of those. Oh yeah, listen, you do. I've I've got what we need. So you wouldn't <laughs> hook it up to the GameCube it, because that's just a link cable game. But there is Four Swords Adventures, which is a GameCube game, yes. and functionally is the same thing. Yes. Oh, then yeah, forget. Which I do have. No, but we need to make it painful. So we need to, <laughs> <laughs> we need to make it GBAs. like all the. I'm pretty sure chords. everybody plays with a Game Boy that's hooked up as their controller. Yes. So. Yep. And then, like, the yeah. overworld screen just shows, like, I don't, I don't even know. I never played it. I was like, this is so cool, but I just didn't have the money and the people interested in doing it to ever do it. Yeah, I didn't have friends, so. Oh. 
I I had you friends, but we never we never got together for that. We were too busy playing other stuff. The um we were playing Star Fox Assault, uh, local multiplayer like split screen uh, against each other, and we were playing uh Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which that I think we should get together and play together at some point, um, because that that got re released on Switch and other stuff. Hmm. I I also own that. Great. But don't lie to us, Nick. You guys were playing Nightcrawlers. They were playing Nightcrawlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I picked that up uh, because I wanted to be able to play Game Boy Advance games on my TV. And the Super Game Boy is a superior device for playing Game Boy games, but it doesn't do Game Boy Advance. And so I need to get the Game Boy Player for that. Mm. And so... I've been eyeballing it for a while. A guy had one for really cheap, so I picked it up. Nice. Uh, from the same guy, also picked up uh, a, g- a game that I kind of embarrassed to own, which is oh, wonderful. Catherine Full Body. Don't be embarrassed. That game's awesome. Why are you embarrassed to own it? Have you seen this game, Garrett? Yes, I have. You're a dude with ram horns and a pillow in his underwear climbing up blocks. But have you seen the cover? That's the only reason oh, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. To Isn't it like two ladies and then said half-naked... Three. It's three now. Three now? Oh, it's yeah. three? And, is that and part of the full body? Is there it's a third? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I've heard actually, this game yes. is great. So that's that's why I got it. Was because I've I've heard it's fantastic and it doesn't it's not what you expect looking at the cover. Yes. It uh-huh. looks like some weird like hentai weeb game, but I've heard it's not. No. And so it's, because it's it has not. three ladies on the front, it's a hentai weeb game. Okay. I'm gonna send you a picture of it later. So it's, you can see. I saw and, the and so like they there were there were like redacted like zoomed in versions of the covers for the original game that could be like put on on shelves uh i think it either it was uh those were sold through certain retailers that didn't want to carry the the boobier covers or um (laughs) uh the other the other thing it might have been is that it was a reversible cover and so you could reverse it to the uh kind of like mass effect 2 you could reverse it to get female shepherd on the on the cover um right but yeah the the original game uh was on 360 and ps3 and the uh 360 version had catherine with a c and the ps3 version had catherine with a k uh and i recall uh those both having uh stuff that was an issue on on the cover it definitely looks like a hentai weeb game but it is actually really <laughs> really excellent and it is it is a shin megami tensei game uh which oh, is wait, something that. that people might not necessarily realize but it is in that universe you can uh in persona 3 portable at least uh you can run into vincent the protagonist of Catherine, in a bar in town and he'll talk about like how weird his life is because that's funny i wonder if i'd talk to that guy and just never knew what he was from probably yeah because I, I played like 30 hours of Persona 3 Portable, so I'm sure I ran to it at some point. There's a there's a bar in the mall um, that you can go into oh, somehow, despite yeah. being a high school student. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, he's a guy in there. So if you ever went in there, you probably talked to him. But yeah, I, that's a game that I'm, I'm interested in trying out. I picked it up because I've heard nothing but good things, and then I pr- promptly put it at the bottom of the stack so that my kids wouldn't see it and go what's this <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which is funny because they might actually enjoy the gameplay of it because it's actually a, a pretty cool like puzzle action game uh where you're shifting around blocks and and 
like you're in this dream world and the most objectionable thing is that like you're in a dream so you are in your boxers uh and then also inexplicably a sheep uh nick that game is rated m it is my kid my oldest kid is 10 yeah, so you're gonna have you're gonna have to explain <laughs> things if they ever get to the story cutscenes that it, you, i don't think you're ready to explain yeah so the story stuff is why it's m but the gameplay itself is actually pretty pretty kid friendly and i think there is a mode i think there's a co-op mode even um Actually, I know there's a co-op mode because I watched a speed run where somebody played both controllers. Sheep Boy Which. Advanced. And uh, the last thing I picked up was also for GameCube, and it is called Lost Kingdoms, which is uh, from software game, actually, funny enough. Yeah. It's a card-based game, and I don't really know jack shit about it other than it's from software, and I wanted it, so I bought it. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to check that out because I like From Software a lot. And I like card-based games a lot, as we discussed recently. And uh, that sounds fascinating. I relatively recently also picked up a 360-era From Software game that's hard to find any any way other than physical, uh, which is Ninja Blade. I don't think I've even heard of that game. Mm -hmm. It, It seems like a knockoff of, uh, like, Ninja Gaiden, the the xbox ones but it has some more interesting things going on um but i don't know exactly what because i have not played it myself (laughs) yet so i'm just taking that on faith from the people who have talked about liking it so so i just i just googled it and the top result is from software's worst game ninja blade oh (laughs) damn so um (sighs) hey you know what it's actually on steam as well it's 10 bucks so interesting um, so garrett's gonna buy maybe this is gonna be oh this looks awful oh my gosh (laughs) yeah i remember this game I remember yeah. I played a demo of this because I had official Xbox magazine from the original Xbox up through the 360, and I played the demo of this. I don't nice. remember anything other than just the visuals, but yeah, he looks like he should be in Spec Ops and Ninja Gaiden at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it it's it has this like slightly cyberpunky sort of tone to it. It's it's very strange. The uh, beginning of the description is it was July seventh, two thousand eleven. That's how the beginning of the game description starts. That cannot, that cannot be good. That's not a good start. Yeah, which <laughs> that game came out in like two thousand seven, so uh, two thousand nine. The far, actually. far future of two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> wow, that was their last game before Demon Souls. That's pretty wild to think about. I, I did just remember the most important thing I collected, though, and I forgot to put it on my list until just now, which is uh, Daniel and I went down to Seattle for a concert, and so we stopped at Pink Gorilla Games, Yeah, and I saw something that I collect, which are Virtual Boy games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they had four that I didn't own, and I walked up to the guy, and I said, Hey, I'd like to unfortunately buy some Virtual Boy games. <laughs> and he goes, "Are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I will." <laughs> oh, I had to try uh, so hard not to spit out my beer, Zach. You son of a bitch. That's amazing. Uh, so yeah, I bought I bought Panic Bomber, Golf, and nice. Tellero Boxer. Nice. And it was like $120 for three terrible games. But 
Seven out of 14 complete. Yeah. Let's go. What was the other one they had <laughs> that you didn't buy? Because you said they had four. Nestor's Funky Bowling. <laughs> and that's because it was $100 by itself. <laughs> so <laughs> I figured I'll go for quantity here. Yeah, that's fair. You can come back for it. It's less likely that someone will randomly buy Nestor's Funky Bowling. That said, I am most curious <laughs> to see what the hell Nestor's Funky Bowling is. <laughs> well, you know who Nestor is, right? Oh, he's the like Nintendo Power mascot, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's from their comics. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, uh, there's surprisingly on the Virtual Boy, there are two bowling games. I don't know how, out of 14 yeah. fucking games, I don't know how they make two bowling games, but. Well, the bowling is maybe my favorite part of Tekken 7. So it's, there's, there's room there. <laughs> you know what my favorite part of the Virtual Boy is? Not playing Nothing. it. Yep. <laughs> hey, you told me you like Mario Tennis. Yeah, when my eyes were developing. But luckily, I didn't have to wear glasses after playing long, long sessions of the Virtual Boy. <laughs> the key to playing the Virtual Boy and enjoying it is to have small, short sessions. Yeah. For the two good games that exist on That's the what my 3DS yeah. and Switch tell me, but <laughs> I don't believe them. Yeah. I, I So I have one question for Zach before we move on from the Virtual Boy, which is, what is the price that you would pay for Jack Brothers? Because I know it is an extreme price to actually get, but if someone were to say, man, I need to make rent this week, I have this copy of Jack Brothers, what's what's the, the price you'd go for? Oh, God. If, someone, if it were that situation, they're like, hey, I need this much money, will you buy Jack Brothers? I would pay probably four hundred dollars. Okay. What are you? That's, what is, okay, like what a, is the actual? It's like almost a six hundred dollar game. Yeah. Why? Just because they made so few of them? It's rare. It's very rare. It's, it's is... very rare, and it's a Shin Megami Tensei game, and people yeah. like me go crazy to have every one of those games. And it's called Jack Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> that Jack, sounds Jack, like a hentai well, game more than Catherine's body edition. Well, well, so it's it's um. Uh, Jack Frost the is kind of the mascot of well was the mascot for Atlas basically as an entire company, um, but yeah like a snowman, the, yeah uh, he's a he's a Shin Megami Tensei monster and there's also Pyro oh, Jack. I was way wrong by the way. I guess I don't know the value of this game. It's uh, currently eight hundred fifty dollars. Okay, I thought it was more like a grand, so I was off as well, but in the other direction. That game has spiked since I last looked at it. Yeah, no, thank you. But yeah, I would I would pay a good amount of assuming I had the money on hand, right? Yeah. But I would pay a good amount of money for that game. That, it's you know that's the, the number Virtual I was Boy thinking, is actually one of the few consoles that I actually like deeply want to complete the set because it's so small yeah. and feasible. It's so achievable. But it's, there's so many that are expensive though. Like it's, it's also half the library is like over two hundred dollars and and terrible. Like that's the thing. Oh yeah, that's the problem. Is they're all bad. Like <laughs> it's like Wario Land, Jack Bros, and one other are like good. Yeah, and the rest Tennis. are just shit. <laughs> uh, so. that's funny. I'm um, and, and it's twenty two if you want to get the Japanese exclusive ones too. Oh no! So. Oh no! I'll have to go to Japan again and look for them for you. Okay. Oh no! I'll take that burden. <laughs> How terrible! <laughs> but that's it for me. Some bad red games, a weeby porn game, and uh, a Game Boy thing. Fantastic. And then I think I'll go next because this will lead into uh, Garrett's topic. Uh, no, well, unless you would like to lead into mine <laughs> with yours. No, no, no. Go ahead, Nick. 
All right, great. Um, so I've been mostly just playing Pokemon still. It's still great. I still like it a lot. I still think it's what Pokemon should be. But uh, the other thing that I've been playing a bunch this week, uh, especially today, uh, is Street Fighter V. We discussed this a wee bit last week um, because we had been playing it right before recording. But I am really, really liking coming into this game at the very end of its life cycle where it is at its best possible state. I don't like that game. I think I mentioned <laughs> it a couple episodes ago. Something about that game just feels so wrong to me, and I don't I don't really enjoy it. I haven't spent a ton of time with it, but comparing it directly, like playing back-to-back with Street Fighter Four, I just don't like the way the characters look, and I don't like the way the game flows. Uh, we were just talking about yeah, it because we... Uh, Nick, Chip, and I were playing right before recording this, and for me, I think that 4 is a good game, but the problem is is that in 4, more than 60% of the roster feels the same, but in 5, when you pick up different characters, they have completely different play styles, and then each character has two different V skills, which are like uh, you press both medium punch and medium kick, and you do a skill. And then once the meter fills all the way up, you have a V trigger. So you hit both heavy buttons. They've also added V shift, which I talked to Nick about, but didn't do it once mm-hmm. in the whole damn time that we played, <laughs> which is like a, count- well, no, a counter you, mechanic. I never V shifted. You you oh. did, but it never worked. Like like you did, but it was never when I was actually doing something that's, to you. It was just that's like... True. Yeah. It's like a dodge <laughs> so mechanic you- that they added it in at the end of Street Fighter V, but... Yeah, I like it because it reminds me of Guilty Gear Strive, which is funny because it's backwards. It should be the other direction. (laughs) And I like 5 because 5 is slower. It has a more thoughtful pace. It takes a lot more patience. uh, And the characters, like I said before, are not the same. So picking up another character and just expecting to do well with them without practicing or like learning what the character does is you you will not do well. Yeah, and even characters that seem similar, like Yurian and Gil, or any of the Ryu and Ryu alikes, are totally different. Like, uh, Chip is a big Danton player, and he tried Kage during our, our session playing, and he was like, nope, 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 I can't, nope, this is terrible, can't, can't do it. Uh, who should theoretically be, especially because he also plays Ryu. So in in theory, they would be similar enough, but they're they're actually pretty different. And I, I put a lot of value into that too. I like having variety and it's impressive that they achieve that variety with such a big cast. I'm sure if I spent more time with the game, I might enjoy it more, mm-hmm. but as it stands with the amount of time I've put into it, it just feels wrong. Yeah. And I don't like, I think the slowness for me is really the detractor. Cause for me in my brain, like when I think about fighting games, I think they're fast paced and they're mm-hmm. quick and they're, you know, split second decisions and street <laughs> fighter feels or street fighter five feels so fucking well, slow. But, uh, both Nick and I can attest that game could be very, very quick. If you constantly just like whiff shit and get punished (laughs) and get like a combo going against you, you can lose half of your life bar in like four or five seconds, you know? Yeah. Um, Oh, so that, that's, that's what would happen to me. Cause I'm bad. Well, (laughs) and, and with any fighting game, I mean, I've talked about this before on the show, but what really, I've loved fighting games for so long, but what really propelled me into loving them is understanding that it takes time and dedication to actually learn it. And 
you know, I was playing the computer a whole bunch and I'd be really good against the computer. But then as soon as you start playing against a human opponent, they're absolutely unpredictable. And especially playing at the level that like we're playing, it's still like you can wait and you can watch, but you're both learning on the fly and you're both like, it's, it's like a game of checkers and chess at the same time, but also in fast motion, like you have 99 seconds to outthink this person while they're like actively trying to beat you down. Yeah. Like Sakura, I played in arcade mode earlier today and crushed it. I got several perfect victories um, and, and like made it all the way through arcade mode, uh, totally fine but uh as as soon as i took her into action against garrett it was just a slaughter uh <laughs> because he is not the computer and he doesn't respond to rush down the same way he is thoughtful and uh and will punish any mistake i make you're making a and the me. reverse no that's the beer and and the, <laughs> and the reverse <laughs> is true of he was also practicing with urian a little bit like probably did you try him in like uh training mode or something I, I played him in arcade mode and I yeah. made it to the end. So Street Fighter Five arcade mode is weird. Uh, and it is there are several different arcade modes for various games in the series. And so I went into the Street Fighter three arcade mode with him. Yeah. And that's because it didn't launch with arcade mode until it's like fourth year of updates when yeah. it got like this major conversion. And then they said, OK, well, they have Street Fighter one two alpha three four and five and then also when you select it you can only select characters that were part of that series to do the arcade mode with exactly um and it also tells you uh like chronologically where in the series they are so like one is one two is two uh four is no no uh, alpha is two alpha is two sorry alpha is two two is three four is Four, four is four, five See, is five, and, and three is shit six. Just yes. trying to hear you say I know. It. So, so, so anyway, <laughs> the way I should say it is one is one, <laughs> alpha is two, and then you go two, and then four, five, and then three. So yes. Street Fighter Three: The New Generation is the sixth game in the series timeline. It's the Tokyo Drift of Street Fighter. <laughs> Uh, it's the third so in the series, a, but it's chronologically last. Yeah. It's got a 40 year old high schooler as the main protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the, the point I was trying to make uh, was Bow Wow makes an appearance in his Hulk car. <laughs> oh well, man. DK, the drift King. Oh, definitely man. not just Donkey Kong. So the point I was trying to make was that Nick was playing Yurian and you know, I haven't played a whole lot of street fighter five against actual people. And so usually people try tend to like, kind of figure out one or two characters and play with those one or two characters and get really good with them. Like we've been talking about chip being good with Dan. And so Nick had practiced a little bit with Urian and I'd never played against Urian before. And Nick, the first time we fought absolutely destroyed <laughs> me, like almost got a perfect, our second round. Like yeah. it was pretty close the first round. And then the second round, he just absolutely bodied me. And then the next time we fought, like, I was like, okay, I can see the gaps in his defense and turned it around. And Nick was like, I'm not playing Urian anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, no, he's like, yeah, because 
he is so punishable. He's so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes me wonder how he is in, in Third Strike. Uh, and uh, that I think a lot about the um, Street Fighter 3 characters, and I'm curious how they function in that game. Uh, but he is he's very slow, and he hits really hard. And if you guess correctly uh, what your opponent's going to do and act accordingly, it's, uh, it's fantastic. And if you guess correctly about five times, they're probably dead. Uh, but you can really easily get punished if you guess wrong. Plus, uh, so it ends up being very mind gamey. Plus, Yurian has a Wesker costume. It's just, it's, awesome. it's just awesome. But it was, it was a lot of fun, and I, I think the reason I like Street Fighter in particular is that it's not especially combo focused. There are combos, and I should put more effort into learning them. But it's not like something like Skullgirls, which we were talking about earlier, or Mar- Marvel versus Capcom Three, or. Uh, that's what I think of when I think of faster games is more combo based mm-hmm. because it's like the moves go faster. So it's easier to chain them together. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's why I think I have a predilection towards slower games because they just feel more, more about the neutral game and more about poking and just getting a few good hits in. You'd think I'd like the slower games more because my brain works slower, <laughs> but it doesn't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and you're like Sonic. You got to go fast. I mean, what what <laughs> really got me into actually practicing is uh, Dragon Ball Fighters when no one would play with me, and I had one friend oh. who was also a Dragon Ball fan, and he picked up the game and started playing it. And at first, I was just completely wiping the floor with him, and then you know he would be asking me two, three times a week. Hey man, let's play a couple matches. Hey man, let's play a couple matches. And he was kind of getting frustrated, but he's like, I have the determination. I want to learn because I love dragon ball and I like the game mechanics, but I just fundamentally don't understand what's going on. He played training mode. He trained, he watched like competitive stuff and was like, okay, I can kind of understand what I need to do and what this character should do. And and again, dragon ball fighters, the characters are kind of samey. They have, you know, they do have, differences that make them different but the button (laughs) combinations that you do to make cool shit happen is the same do you know offhand how many characters in that game are goku because i think it's around six it's like uh, i think seven if you count like seven or eight if you count the fusions oh that's right because gogeta yeah or or like the like not relatives of goku but like you know people say bardock is goku but it's whatever Huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know enough about Dragon Ball for that to make sense. But any, anyway, yeah, that's a sure. That's a that's Dragon Ball uh, deep cut, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I'm unhappy with your statement. Well, no, no, no. I mean, this is the community. The community is like you know. I know. I'm unhappy that you told me that the community yeah. thinks that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's wrong because his lariat is unbeatable. So you know, Bardock's <laughs> nice. Bardock's lar- lariat, and then special the special cancel is uh, is just great. So you're telling me that Bardock isn't Goku, he's Zangief. Uh, no, because he doesn't he's not a grappler. He's not cooler. Okay. He's not Broly. There's no grapplers okay. in Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm, well, I guess uh, 16, 16 is. Yeah, there of, there are yeah, some yeah. there's some grapples. more characters with but command. He's not like grabs. a pure grappler. No. Yeah. No. There's no pure grapplers. No, because there's no like Apple or Zangief No, because that's not how the game is. I mean, it's a it's a tag fighting King. game with a very set focus on kind of what it does, like the fast frenetic gameplay. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the the point to my long rambling story is that he liked the the source material and he liked the game enough that he went in and practiced. And to this day, we are now like fifty fifty. Um, 
Yeah. And I would say I would say he's probably uh, better than me. Like if we were just to pick it up, he would be way better than me. Um, but there there are nights where we would go and I would go 12-0 against him. I just could not touch him. Even if he was playing like a random joke team that he'd never practiced, I would just get in my head. Sounds like me playing against you. And then, you, you know, <laughs> the next time we would play, I would body him 12-0 and then we'd go 6-6 six and six or whatever. And so – you know, we, we had that rivalry and now playing street fighter five, like I didn't feel it in four because four online just feels so mushy that I don't feel like the things that I'm doing with my yeah. hands actually translate into the game. If we were going to play local, but, it'd be different, but yeah, it's definitely a net code issue, but, but five, it's still... five feels good enough. Like five feels the net play feels good enough. And it makes me excited to play because after playing dragon ball <laughs> fighters, um, playing Guilty Gear Strive was the next game that I played where I was like, man, the net play is really, really good and I really enjoy this. Then I started playing a little bit of five, dropped it because nobody but Dan would play with me. And uh, now, you know, we got Chip, we got Nick, uh, Daniel. Yeah, you've you've hooked me for sure. <laughs> Daniel needs to data um, mule it from somebody because um, yeah. fuck Comcast. But wow, just no mention of Zach, huh? Zach, you've played twice with me, buddy. You played Street Fighter V. I twice. have it. You, I know that you yeah. have it. You, you know how many games <laughs> that you have that you're like, oh, let's play this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, as we mentioned, I haven't played a game in two weeks. Yeah, so. Sure. True. But you should you should definitely get in on Street Fighter V. And I think as you get used to it, it will feel better. Um, and, and maybe it's a matter of picking the right characters, too, because some of the characters are much faster than others. Um but but yeah, I, I think what you're saying about practice and patience and l- like going in depth and learning, uh, it's something that never really felt worth it to me. Like I didn't want to put in all that time and dedication because games, uh, no game or character, I guess, specifically really appealed to me enough to feel like I should put in the effort. But it's especially having our little group of friends to play. I'm kind of getting there. Mm-hmm. And like tonight we uh we played for about an hour and most of the time I was playing uh Akira from Rival Schools uh and I did not win a single round with Akira until the very last one where I had learned enough to to get there. It was and so it was cool. even against it was against yeah, Ryu uh uh Chips Ryu which is pretty strong. It wasn't like he was holding. No, back. I think it was a uh, Dan. It was his top character. You you fought. Oh no! Yeah, you fought Dan because it, that's right. You were like, "Oops, I picked Akira," and he goes, "Oops, I was going to pick Luke." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to pick Luke because mm-hmm. that's my guy. But yeah, yeah, it's great. You, you like Popeye arms? <laughs> I I don't mind the the Popeye arms. I I think it's. Like, it fits the style of the game, and there's something... Like, it's a little gross, but it's kind of cartoonish, and everyone's gross in the same ways, so it kind of makes sense to me. (laughs) The only game that I've ever had the desire to, like, practice and get good at was Counter-Strike, and I think you have to have a motivation, right? So, like, if you're playing just arcade mode, you're not gonna... Like, you don't care, because as Mm -hmm. you said, you can perfect them being a a shit-tier player. Yeah. And... But when you have a group of friends who are all playing the same game and you're all competing against each other, that's motivation to improve. Mm. And so I think it, it is interesting that we're all getting into it. Well, you guys are all getting into it and I'm kind of sort of. <laughs> yeah. And I'm motivated to like actually play randoms online and start playing ranked like chip 
That's scary to me, but I might too. Chip day one, like, just started playing Dan online and was like, let's yeah. fucking go. He bought it and he's like, I'm getting wrecked. Yeah, that's amazing. But, you know, that's that's how you get that's how you get better is you learn and you get that motivation. And I, that's why I like fighting games because it's up to me. You know, you mentioned Counter-Strike, but yeah. that's one of the reasons that I don't like team-based games because you always have to have that many people to go and play. Where with fighting games, it's on you. Like, it's on you to learn and coordinate and and be able to make those snap decisions rather than having to rely on a bunch of other people, which I think team games are fantastic. I just, at this point in my life, it's really hard to gather a team of yeah. people who are on the same level and who are dedicated to spending an hour plus to be able to achieve a goal, uh, uh, more or less play a video game. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was me in college. Like I had plenty of people around to play league of legends or Dota and either totally fill oh, or mostly fill. Yeah. I know. Right. Um, <laughs> totally fill a five person team, uh, or at least get close enough that we would only have one or two randoms. But, uh, these days yeah especially with everyone's schedules it's very very difficult to to get get that kind of group together and have that kind of feeling that you're like learning and processing and and playing to your utmost uh but yeah so that's that's street fighter 5 i look forward to playing it more and especially honing in on the characters i like i'm glad i checked in with it at the very end, because the two characters that I like the most, Luke and Akira, are the two most recently released ones. <laughs> so they're the two last characters. Um, but yeah, so uh, with with that, uh, Garrett, why don't you tell us some news? Because I'm excited for this, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll be very, very quick. Um, so uh, Evo 2022, which I've talked about Evo in the past, which is uh, arguably the largest in-person fighting game tournament in the world. Um, in terms of variety and competition, because it is worldwide. It's not just a national yeah. tournament. It's an international tournament. Um, so you get people from all over the world competing. And it normally happened in Las Vegas uh, every August. And over the last two years, obviously because of the pandemic, it's been online. There's been some controversy with some of the people who used to head and manage it. But it has now uh, has new life uh, uh, breathe, breathe into it, whatever. Um, <laughs> and sure. so, uh, Sony became a partner with Evo and they're like, Hey, um, this doesn't mean that just all PS it's going to be played on all PS fours. We accept all these different things while well, all the games this year are being played on PS4. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just happy to, uh, have an in-person tournament again, but August 5th through the 7th in Las Vegas, Nevada, they had a live stream tonight at 5 p.m., and announced the main lineup. So the main lineup are the games that they see fit to have like on the main stage. They usually put up like a fake fighting ring inside of uh, Mandalay Bay, which is usually where it is. So just like the UFC events, but it's um, two guys playing with arcade sticks <laughs> on playing Star Gladiator. <laughs> playing Star Gladiator. No. Yeah. So the um, the games Gundam Battle Assault oh, no. Two. They're not playing Jackie Chan. It's the fire. Games. But along with the main stage <laughs> games, just like if you're if you've ever gone to any music festival, right? They have like the main stage, which are like the big bands that draw most p ticket sales in. There are also a bunch of side games and events that happen all throughout the the Las Vegas Strip with this. But the main games that are going to be played and and the the um, the finals and the championships will be streamed live on Twitch are Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, 
Tekken 7, The King of Fighters 15, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Skull Girls Second Encore. So those are your main lineup. You, it's a good variety. Yeah, of it's games. A, it's yeah. a good variety of games. Um, some older ones like Bandai Namco uh, has said, "Hey, we're done with the Dragon Ball series. We're not doing any more in-person tournaments for fighters." So the fact that it's going to be one of the main stage games at Evo is amazing because that game just got a brand new character. There's been a balance patch since the say yeah. since the last like big in-person competition. So that's going to be really fun and really interesting to watch. Um, and Skullgirls, which is almost 10 years old at this point, which is a, yeah. a hand-drawn um, versus three-on-three fighting game. Um, that that is. I, I like Skullgirls a lot. I think the aesthetic is super cool and the concept is super cool. I am absolutely terrible at it, mm-hmm. and I will never be good at it because <laughs> it's very combo-based. So, But... It's I I think it's it's delightful. And most of these games I've been watching, as I've stated on multiple um, podcasts before, I've been watching online tournaments, and a lot of them are fine. You know, some of them have really good net code, like Street Fighter Five, Guilty Gear, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Tekken Seven. Kind of, um, I don't watch a lot of Tekken. I'm not a big Tekken fan, but I'm I'm hyped up for any type of you know mainstream fighting game making it out there and and being broadcast. Um, King of Fighters 15 just came out. I don't know a whole lot about it. And I'm not a big King of Fighters fan. Melty Blood apparently has really good online netcode, but it's like one of those obscure <laughs> anime fighting games. It's based on a visual novel yep. that I don't know or care about. Don't know anybody that plays it, but hey, I'll support it. It's, it's totally weird. Um, um, yeah, I th- several of these games I've considered picking up, mm-hmm. like King of Fighters 15 and uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and uh, I think price is the main thing that has kept me from getting into it because, like, the Mortal Kombat games, I feel okay about buying on release because they have a pretty significant story mode, but for most fighting games, if you don't get into playing it with other people, you're going to have a hard time justifying a full price product and that's that's where it gets difficult for me because i'm shy about playing online unless i really feel like it's worth practicing so gary here's a question for you how many of the top tier competitive players will be competing in more than one game or is it like they have their specialty game and that's it they don't touch so the only Hmm. person that i can really think of is um sonic fox um sonic fox they have (laughs) Uh, they were really prolific a few years ago because they played in, I believe it was Injustice 2, um, Mortal Kombat X, and another another game all at the same time. And um which was which was unheard of. Usually a person has a game, and this person, Sonic Fox, is uh, really, really talented and skilled at multiple games all at the same time. Um, so who, who so yeah, who knows? They are, I mean, this is the, they're incredible. This is the first in-person event in years, so um, I could see them doing that again. But I don't know anybody else that's like a, a multi-championship level uh competitor. Yeah, because because they uh, if I recall correctly, this this was several years ago, but didn't they win? both dragon ball fighters and mortal Kombat. i believe so uh, at evo i believe yeah, so yeah just which are just two completely different games yeah, like, yeah. They, they're, they're as night and day as it gets. similar yeah. <laughs> yeah and so and and 
Um, big Dragon Ball Fighters fan, obviously, but um, uh, they fought Goichi, which is the number one player. Goichi is the number one player in Japan, and they played on the main stage, and it was incredible. Um, subsequently, they had other fights in the Dragon Ball Fighters tournament that was sponsored by Bandai Namco, and they just went back and forth. Usually, the top was was Sonic Fox versus Goichi. And it was always really <laughs> yeah. fun to see like that rivalry and them playing. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really excited. That's why I chose that for, for Garrett's geek out. If you guys <laughs> for, for my news, it's this great. Week. Yeah. And like, you've got me thinking, uh, cause I went to Vegas recently for the Las Vegas open yeah. and I thought this place is pretty cool. There's a lot to see. Maybe I should go back. It's so maybe I should go back. In early August. It helps that our airport has, like, the cheapest fucking tickets to go to mm-hmm. Vegas. <laughs> like, oh, it's amazing. It's yeah. like, you want to go to Vegas for the notice. weekend? Here's, like, give us $75, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that's what I'm kind of looking at. I, I went to the site immediately to see how you can buy tickets for the event, and there's only um, the registration for fighting. There's no, like, passes or anything like that. So uh, I'm going to check it out. I mean, it's always, I shouldn't say always, within the last four or five years when I started really getting into fighting games, it's something that I've really wanted to do. Just go check it out and also be in Vegas so yeah. you can do other things. But um, totally. I might be going this year. And if I end up going this year, then uh, maybe we'll do a one-off Evo special. Oh, maybe maybe yeah. Zach will go? Maybe Zach will go. Whoa. Whoa. Zach will go to Vegas. Which this is dangerous. Listen, I'm a Garrett, bad influence. No, listen. <laughs> this is i can i can spin this here's how mm. you and my wife share a birthday so i never get to do anything with you for your birthday this is and true this is, oh. this is very close so i could spin this as this is a garrett birthday thing short yeah short side tangent uh zach's wife Wait. and i were born on the same day in the same year like hours apart not only in like times that we were born, but also like Bay Area in Southern California. So like literally hours wow. apart. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Yeah. So Zach Zach has never been able to come to any of my birthday shenanigans. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> never Which can. for a good reason. For good reason. <laughs> uh what a shame. But that's it. That's funny. So yeah. Look look out for vegas in the future perhaps yeah that would be really fun like i i i really want to go and if i can make this year possible that would be that would be awesome here's hoping but yeah that's uh that's all the news that's fit to print as it were and uh yeah i i am still liking this beer a lot i'm still drinking it kind of slowly uh because i've just been too engrossed in the conversation but i have y'all's feelings changed at all it's delicious still gross (laughs) (laughs) i finished it it's gone but it's not good yeah it's it's gone you never have to deal with it again don't take that wander as being something disgusting it's just not does not fit my personal taste yeah i i still think wander has 100 percent batting average for me um because this is this is exceptional and this is probably something that because it's a style that i like is is gonna be something i get wander has i've only had one thing i didn't like from them outside of this and that was because it was just disgusting and that was their key lime fruited sour millie huh i've had other millie flavors and they were really good 
And so I was like, yeah. oh, key lime. Like lime is like my favorite flavor. I'm gonna enjoy this. And I I bought it and I took a big ass swig and I was like, oh, I'm like this tastes like someone just yeah. squirted like like you go to the store, you get one of those those little circular oh. lime things, and someone just squirted in there and like carbonated it, and then they can't bought it or they canned it. And I was like, oh, it's fucking disgusting. I couldn't I even used finish to do it. that. I made Garrett finish it. Oh man, when I was a kid, I would do that. I would get those little lime things and I would just squeeze it into my mouth. It's great. Wait, I did finish um, it. You fi- yeah, you finished one of them at least at, at uh, RPG night. Oh yeah, I uh, did so drink gross. that. It was fine. Wow. I'm just not a big fan of fake key lime flavor. It was just something about it was really yeah. nasty. But otherwise, Wander's great. And and uh, other I- versions of that same Millie fruited sour, just not that flavor. I had the uh, black currant Millie fruited sour just yesterday, and it was exceptional. It was very good. So, yeah. Uh, well, good. Good to know that it's staying consistent. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll move on to the question of the episode. Uh, we, you can send us a question at any of our social media accounts, which we'll plug at the end of the episode, or at our email. Uh, which to remind you of that is cohopspodcast at gmail.com. But our question this week comes from Troy in person. Thank you. Uh, and Troy asked, who is your favorite gaming character, any character from any game and why? Uh, so I'm going to put Garrett on the spot because he seems to have the mm. least <laughs> idea of what he's going to say for this. Oh, no, I put uh, but I know I, w- I was racking my brain trying to think of, OK, kind of the the Nintendo Smash Bros. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, what is his name? Who's the director of Smash Brothers? Oh, uh, it's I feel like he shares a last name with somebody yeah. so, uh, else. Sakurai is his. Yeah. So- What's his uh, first there name? It's like Mr. Sakurai. Right? What the hell is his first name? Anyway, uh, so so yeah. so his his theory and his um, Masahiro Sakurai. Thank Masahiro, you. yeah. So his uh, I guess method to his madness about what characters he's going to seek to collaborate for uh, Smash Brothers is. They're not from any other medium. They're wholly like they started or originated as a video game character. And so with me following my trend of fighting games is going to be soul bad guy. So soul bad guy from the guilty gear series. um, That story is just batshit insane. I highly recommend if you're curious at all, just there are several like, the story of guilty gear in like 20 minutes and they sum up like six games worth of lore. So, um, <laughs> Oh yeah, I have watched that and it is, it is very good. I watched that when I was about to buy guilty gears drive and it, it helped a lot. So yeah. So you, uh, it, it helps a lot. And then you go, what the hell? Like how would anybody put this together by just playing the arcade mode <laughs> of these games that are fighting games and their, their subsequent spinoff series. But He's just one of those, like, I mean, the, the guy's name is Soul Bad Guy, which his name is something else. It's like Frederick something. It's very German. Um, yeah. But he was like a scientist, you know, was trying to figure out how to save humanity. Something crazy happens and he gets tricked and he gets turned into this weapon. But So he, he's the lizard from Spider-Man? Pretty much. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so, so he gets turned into this weapon where he's like, 
half human, half like demon machine, also kind of immortal. Um, but he does things on his own and doesn't really like care about what's going on around him. He kind of creates his own community and things that he cares about and then fights for the side that he most believes in. And, you know, you're like, oh, how do you get that out of all the fighting? Well, most of the 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 newer entries into the series are like three or four hour like machinima movies that you watch. Like you go to story mode in Guilty Gear Exard and it's just a three hour movie. It's just it's all cutscenes. There's no fights. Um, same. And it's the same in Strive. Yeah, it's right? the same in Strive. Strive. It's like a four hour movie, um, which I haven't even made it through yet. But yeah, I just think that uh, as a video game character, uh, I'm not doing it justice. But if you watch that video, you'll understand that the choices that he has to make are not that of like the conventional hero or the anti-hero or the bad guy. Um, he makes decisions based off of the information that's given to him, not just because he wants to be good and do these things that are good. He is a complicated character that carries some actual real demons inside of him that make him do like kind of random crazy shit. And so, um, his character really evolves over the series and, um, he's a really fun character to play, um, as he develops. Uh, but you can see, his character as like for fighting game uh, terms, he has some of the same moves that he's had since the very first game, just like Ryu and street fighter. Right. Um, but they develop over time based on how his story changes. So he can no longer in the newest entry, like freely transform into a gear, which is this type of like demon creature that is locked inside of him. He can no longer freely the guilty. Tra- gear. Yeah. The Guilty Gear, it, the yeah, whole series yeah. based off him. So um, he can no longer freely transform into it because he's just like, this needs to be like the ultimate. If I'm doing this, it's because I, I or somebody I care about is about to die. I'm not just going to freely transform into this ultimate weapon just to like meet an end. It has to be something that's like really important. So um, I, that's who I would say. I'd say Soul Bad Guy is my favorite like video game character. I'm surprised, but I probably shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. I figured it would be like someone from Gears of War or Halo no, or I, something like yeah. that. Just cause like knowing your past with games, I, I figured that might be the case. But so, I mean, I considered it, um, but when I thought about it, the, the characters up until five in gears are pretty two dimensional. They're pretty flat. They have yeah. their motivations and their, doing it because we're killing the aliens. And I thought about master chief and I hope I'm not squashing on anybody's, but master chief, even playing through halo infinite master chief has like no character because you're supposed to imprint yourself onto him. And it's like, I'm fighting the aliens. He's just a cipher. Yeah. And, and in the later ones, it gets batshit crazy because he's just like, I'm in love with my AI that abandoned me. (laughs) And so I'm trying to get that. And it's like, that is bullshit. I'm just going to shoot aliens because it's halo. Yeah, it's it's real, real strange. That's all. That so that's all uh, I got. Soul bad guy, guilty gear. Yeah, I I am not super surprised at the choice, but I am somewhat surprised. 
uh, which I shouldn't be because I have watched those videos, but uh, I I didn't totally I hadn't totally processed just how much character development he'd gone through and how much he changes over the course of the series because he's kind of the Ryu. But well, I mean, and he's related Ryu to is... half of the roster because he's either the father or uncle or grandfather to like half of the fucking roster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Ah, uh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah how about you zach have you come up with anything yeah so mine is master chief no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> he's just did, like the I tablet did. that i had i've been trying to find it i go to the dump every weekend and i like pretend i'm stabbing aliens to find that tablet to find the <laughs> ai that i created it's a uh, microsoft paint drawing that i uploaded to my uh nexus 7 <laughs> this was a harder question than i expected it to be when I fielded it from Troy and I I did think about Master Chief as well because he's he's been in a lot of my favorite video games and games I've spent just a billion hours with but he's not the reason that you did No, that. exactly. So. And that's that's ultimately why I didn't pick him. And same with Link. Link is another character where he's in some of my favorite games of all time and and my f- probably my favorite video game series of all time but he's just a nothing character he doesn't even speak unless you're his expressions talking about in... the animated show <laughs> oh <laughs> excuse me um it, his expressions in wind waker in particular say a lot though i find uh him to be at least a little more engaging as a character in that because he doesn't say anything but the way he emotes is pretty expressive we should do a link yeah. we should do a link speak episode where we're just like huh it's just huh. Uh, <laughs> I also thought about Mario. Yeah. Who's a character who's very iconic. He's in my favorite game of all time. But again, just kind of a nothing character. Like, really personality-less until, I guess, you get to, like, maybe the GameCube era. Then he starts to get a little bit of personality in Sunshine. You get to Galaxy. He gets more. But I think if I had to pick one... Like, my favorite character, if I think about characters that have stuck with me, it's actually a character I've only played one game from, and that's uh, Geralt, I think, would probably be mm. my favorite. Um, and it's because he's he's deep and complex. He's not one-dimensional. He's got a lot of really interesting things that he has to say, and obviously his actions as a witcher, and then the actions that he takes outside of fighting are completely different in... He doesn't like he doesn't fall into what a normal witcher is, which I enjoy. You know, a lot of I think most witchers are very emotionless. They're or they're portrayed as such and and he is the opposite. And I don't know, there's something about that that uh really struck a chord with me when I played through The Witcher 3. And I did go back and try to play The Witcher 1, which is just a bad game, <laughs> and I didn't enjoy it at all. Uh <laughs> but I, I do want to go Yeah, and play it is the it is so 2. bad. I've heard two is the good. Wit- Two is good. I like two a lot. I played two when it first came out and my computer could not really run it. So I I did my best to scrape through as much of it as I could at like lowest settings at like 20 FPS and then eventually gave up. But uh, I I like The Witcher 2 a lot and it's, it's definitely worth seeing. And I, I think it's pretty amazing that a main character of a video game can stand out like this especially a game where you can make choices because usually yeah it's not characters mm-hmm. they they 
yeah, like Master Chief or just a cipher for you to express yourself through. Right. Yeah, the um, it, but, it's interesting he, hearing about people's different experience playing The Witcher 3 and the different endings they got and the choices they made and how it all still feels very much like Geralt. Like none of it really diverges much. It all feels like a choice that he could have made in that in that mm-hmm. period and it would have made sense, right? Yeah. So I think it was very they, smartly written. Yeah, he's a man pulled between many different motivations, and it is reasonable that he would pursue any of them. And it's what keeps that game cohesive and having its its character. And also the uh, the voice actor. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, is so good. He brings so much to that. That character. I just coming off the back of the second season of the Witcher show. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is this is great. Like you get to see some different things that you didn't see in The Witcher 3. Um, I played a little bit of two and the beginning of one and when I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> you don't like switching yeah. stances? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, th- I think it would be fine because uh, I played Neo and Neo is like you have to constantly switch stances. But um, yeah. I haven't played the Enhanced Edition, which I'm looking forward to doing soon. But I uh, started reading the the translated Witcher novels, which the first two are a combination of short stories. And like reading them, I'm like, oh my god, this is in the game, or this is in this yeah. is in the show, mm-hmm. and it's so good, and it's so true to his character and what I had expected of him. Like nothing is like shocking me. Usually, you pick up a, um, something that's in a different medium, and you're like, well, I know that this isn't like this in the book because it's like, no, his character is pretty consistent throughout all the different mediums that he's in, which is hard to do. So applause to all the directors. I mean, the the writer of the the novels, first of all, the translator, and then the directors of the show and the directors of the game, because his character is consistent without. He's a fantastic character, for sure. And on top of it all, he's just a badass, right? Like he's just a yeah, of course, a monster slaying machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on top of all the deep intricacies of his his character and the developments that he goes through. The whole time throughout, he's just killing shit, too, which is awesome. Yeah. He's friends with everybody and kills the monsters he needs to kill <laughs> and yeah, saves the ones exactly. he needs to save. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's uh, exactly. that's mine. Um, I, I had a difficult time with this just because it was like I had to think pretty deep because, like, the characters that I would immediately gravitate towards are just nothing characters. It's like they're not – they have no depth. I at first had a hard time picking any and then I had a hard time picking one because once <laughs> I really got thinking about it, I had a bunch of different answers. Um, There's one of your three that I know. I don't think I know the other two. I know I know two of them. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, so I've listed three. I'm also going to list a fourth. I'm going to give quick shout outs to a few and then talk about one more in depth. But um I really like both uh, Garrus Vicarian from the Mass Effect series and Zagreus from Hades uh, because they're, they're somewhat similar personalities and they're both like thoughtful and calculating, but also like thoughtful and kind. Uh, and they uh like Zagreus in particular is another one where he's a main character but he expresses himself through the way that he uh talks to people and is just like cares about building relationships with the people around him and and another uh, one with just an incredible voice actor yeah yeah Zagreus and Garrus both have great voice actors and it's kind of amazing that um 
Zagreus's voice actor is just the composer of the game, the guy who's always been composing mm-hmm. uh, the super giant games. When you uh, when you told me that, I went, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible. They're both they're both really well written and amazingly acted. It's it's great. Uh, so those those are are great characters that I love. Um, I also really love. Uh, I I couldn't go through this without mentioning a Persona character, and so my my very favorite from all of the games is Makoto Nijima from Persona Five, um, uh, perhaps better known as Queen. Uh, she is the I almost mentioned Kanji from Four. <laughs> oh, Kanji's great. I do like Kanji a lot, but he's not. He's not better than Geralt. I love Kanji. I, I think Kanji is not similar enough to my disposition to be a super favorite of mine to, to mention here, but like Kanji is exceptional. There are other characters like Niles from Fire Emblem Fates who are very different from me in ways that are kind of fun. Um, but yeah, Makoto is is the, in case you don't know, Persona uh, all of the characters, you build relationships with them, and those relationships are represented by social links, which have a mechanic in the game. And those links are associated with tarot arc, uh, tarot cards, like from the major, um, the the major half of the deck, the their uh, major arcana, and uh, and hers is she represents the high priestess, uh, which is the the symbolism of that. Uh, there's a lot of symbolism in, in that card, but it is especially about like being a beacon of light for others and and uh, sort of gaining knowledge and using it to aid the people around you. And so, for example, Makoto is her her sister is a uh, a cop and or a detective, and she wants to go into the same field to help people and protect people and lots of things about cops maybe that's not the best way to do that but uh but that's still her sort of noble goal and um and yeah the the high high priestess is meaningful enough to me that i have it on my right arm uh as a a tattoo and uh and so she she is wonderful if i I hesitated to bring her up even because the waifu term gets thrown around a lot and people could say that about how I feel about her, but she is definitely the character that I connected to most through that whole series. Um, But my actual answer is uh, a a weird one, which I expect some of you might not know, which is Emily Caldwin from Dishonored 2. That's Um, why I don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That's the one I didn't know on your list. And I was like, who? Okay. When is this from? Yeah. So Dishonored 2, um, in in the first Dishonored, I'll say you play as a guy named Corvo Atano, who is great the, name. it is so good. He's, he's great too. He's a little more of a sort of blank slate main character. Um, uh, he's very quiet and just kind of does his business, but, his thing is he's the bodyguard to the empress of this nation. I think it's called Gristle. Um, uh, and he is also, you'll find out eventually over the course of that game, I think, and definitely in the second game, uh, he is also romantically entangled with her. And so the empress's daughter um, uh, is is a kid in the first game. She's like 10. Um, and the empress gets assassinated and Corvo's framed for it. And it's a whole big thing. He gets dishonored. 
by that. No and way. Has to re rehonor himself by proving that it wasn't by killing him. everyone. Um, everyone. I just have to say <laughs> the word Gristol, like the name Gristol, just makes me think of like the orc town from the movie Trolls. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just gray and gross and filled with it. It kind of, it kind of is. It's very what, bleak. What are those things it's... called in, in Trolls? Do you remember? I have never seen that movie, so I can't tell you. Huh. Surprising. I, I just Surprisingly think you're thinking good. of Troll Two. No bug. <laughs> no bug. <laughs> but n- yeah. A- anyway, um, uh, so as not to get on a tangent about bad movies, which I will always do. Um, uh, but yeah, so the the Empress's daughter is next in line to the throne, Bergens. but she's ten. Bergens is what I was looking Ber- for. Wow. Is beyond my comprehension. Wait, you don't have little children? Um, yeah, to watch Nick and I are DreamWorks movies about trolls. Yeah, Nick, Nick and I are uh, childless, so um, oh. we have not watched this movie. Yeah, you're you're solo on that one. Um, but yeah, anyway, speaking of children, Emily, uh, the daughter of the Empress, was just a kid in the first game, but in the second game, it takes place 15 years later, and she's grown up, and she is actually one of the characters you can play as you choose either to play as corvo again uh or you play as emily who uh has like ends up gaining the mark of the outsider and getting powers much like corvo's which uh at at this point it actively tells you he's her dad um and uh and she is really fascinating i particularly loved playing through the game as her because uh she actually talks through through the story, which I believe Corvo does too, um, unlike the first game. But she is kind of this like sheltered empress who's been kept safe because her mother was murdered and she was kind of stuck in her ivory tower. And she is finally, because of some turmoil that's happening in the country, getting to venture out and try to do things to fix it. And so she gets to see... You, you get to watch her learn firsthand about the country that she rules and and what it's actually like out there uh and her journey doing that and her just her personality and how she approaches that and um the compassion that she has for the people under her care and uh and also just her her determination and her willingness to suffer and sacrifice for them uh is is pretty fantastic so i i think she gets the spot as my favorite video game character because um, she is like her journey is exceptional and the way like her personality and how she approaches it is exceptional. Too. So that, that kind of reminds me and you can tell me that I'm completely off base, but you just talking about her never playing the game before reminds me a lot of, there are a lot of similarities and also a lot of differences to um, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings where, you know, he, yeah, kind of casts away his uh, his royal side to go like I'm going to live uh, live and work amongst the people to like understand who I'm ruling and she's kind of because of situations that sounds like thrust into this but also has that same type of compassion and like m- gaining understanding and understanding um the people that she's actually ruling over like you said Definitely. And, and it is to some extent her choice to, to do that. Like she could just sit back and let other people solve the problem. Mm -hmm. But I think she kind of recognizes that that's not 
going to happen unless she does something about mm-hmm. it too. Uh, and not just sitting back and like yeah, drinking I, whale oil cocktails or that's, uh, blubber <laughs> yeah, cake. Exactly. I don't know. I just know that it was oh, very God. like mar- mariner heavy with like various whale products being processed. That's all I remember from the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Like whale oil is used. It's like burned for energy um, and, and used in lamps and stuff. It's, it's pretty wild and, and pretty gross. Um, if you're yeah, listening no, and you a... can make a blubber cake for Garrett, please do it. Yes. Oh God. I'll try it. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think that was I, a, I did, a lovely discussion. I do want to say, Nick, I uh, I thought you were going to pick someone else that I'm, you I'm also have a tattoo for. That's a good uh, point. That is a very yeah. good point. Uh, and I I think that is another case. So I'll I'll explain who this is in a minute. But uh, I think that's another case where it's a main character who, in a game that's about choice, and because you have so much power over the direction that game goes you can unlike in the witcher where everything feels like something that the character established character of Geralt would do uh you can do very wildly different things in planescape torment uh of which uh the nameless one uh the (laughs) the main character he doesn't have a name there you go um but uh you can do very different things and i don't want to spoil the game by talking about thank you things that he has done in his past because uh he specifically doesn't remember it uh but there there is interesting precedent but you don't know any of that and so he is he is basically whatever you make him to be and okay. i think that makes more sense why you didn't pick him then yeah i i think he is very interesting once you get to know his past through the remnants that he left behind uh but he as he is in the game he's very malleable and so it's not as as focused and i'm sure we'll get into it more when we eventually play it because it's it is one that i do want to go through because in the first few hours i see hints of that and i see like you're talking to somebody and they're like you know me and you're like you could be like yeah i totally know you and something completely (laughs) Uh different happens if you go now fuck off (laughs) yeah totally and like that I I will I will warn you a little bit. This isn't a game like Mass Effect where, uh, or even Dragon Age, where you can pick up every party member and you can like do good things, and it'll annoy the evil ones, and but they'll still stick around. Uh, the your party members will have very different feelings about the things that you're doing, and will sometimes actively intervene to make choices for you. So be careful who you let accompany you yeah. if, um, if morty also, leaves that's me a way i'm that safe game... coming <laughs> oh yeah Mo- yeah mort is the best i love him i f- i forget who voices him but it's some like big cartoon um oh, voice yeah, actor. he's amazing i love him um he's he's so good he's your like floating skull wisecracking companion garrett wants a more um, plushie i'd take it <laughs> uh that would that would yeah, be great I'd much rather that um, than a nameless one god he's ugly he is oh, super ugly that's rude he's... that's just the 1995 graphics garrett no no no. it's definitely not oh, the rotting also... flesh body that's been sewn together definitely not yeah. that yeah uh-huh <laughs> like hundreds of times or whatever yeah no oh my yeah yeah that's um oh, what a great game 
definitely. And and you know, so uh, there is actually a character from that game that I think is up there among my favorite characters in games, and her name is Fall from Grace. And that is all I will say because I don't want to spoil anything about <laughs> who she is. Of or course, what she other does. characters have um, like names like that. Of course, they do. Of course, they do. Yeah, it's it's great. The oh nameless one. You've got Fall from Grace, and then you have Mort. Yeah, which is the greatest you character. Know. If I had finished Torment, I think that Mort would be up there on my list. And you know, yeah, because oh, Mort Mort's good. And there is another uh, character. <laughs> um, I opened up a can of worms for Nick's brain. Oh my god, this is you, your fault. You sure this did. is your fault, Zach. Um, and I I can't reasonably say that he is my favorite character of any game ever because I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but that's <laughs> the probably forgo- the, the forgotten beer. one. The yeah, there's the nameless one, one the, the fall, uh, fall from grace, and the forgotten one. Yes, uh, but yeah, he is. Um, he's a character from a D and D race called the Gith, um, specifically the Gith Zerai, and they're very strange. And he's voiced by the guy who plays Skinner on um, the X Files, uh, and he's just so great. And is another one of those characters like Garrus, who is very thoughtful and philosophical. We had a whole discussion Garrus. about this, Nick, when we were driving one time, and I thought the entire time that you were talking about the Geth from Mass Effect, and I was like, that's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it's so good. Anyway, I'll leave that be. We'll talk about that eventually later in a way too late episode, but oh my god, that game has so many great characters. But stopping myself before i make this run another half hour um yeah i does anyone have any final thoughts about the beer or about anything else no nope i finished it uh before the last check-in you did so i have not had any more because i didn't want to open another can i'm just going to give them to you guys because i don't like them perfect I, yeah, think it's great. I finished two of my three pints. Uh, I only stopped because I'm starting to feel a little inebriated. I might have had a couple beers before the show, uh, thinking that I wasn't <laughs> going to drink that many. So I'm stopping, but I would have had Pre-gaming another one. Pre-gaming is illegal, Garrett. I, <laughs> illegal to who? <laughs> who makes the rules on this show? There are no rules. The rules are oh, show man. up I was... and try to record and be coherent and think about things that are written on this list. Fair enough. Oh, man. I, I was watching a, a YouTube video about someone trying to recreate and improve on uh, drinks from Applebee's, alcoholic drinks from Applebee's, uh, and what what he did so that he could like you film get a his hangover, reactions. Drink a whole bunch of perfect margaritas from Applebee's. Yeah, it's like fifty oh, percent sugar. Oof. And that was pretty much what he said about at least one of one of the ones that he got. But what he did so that he could film his reactions was he just poured them into a thermos and took oh. them <laughs> And like here in Washington State, that is very illegal. <laughs> um, but wherever he is, that's probably maybe fine. Uh, or, or at oh least I would assume it's fine because he posted a video on the Internet with his face all over it. Is saying and showing him. See, like that. Applebee's so. based on their food. I haven't been to. Uh, then again, I have not been to an Applebee's in like probably almost twenty years. I had a friend growing <laughs> up in California that worked as a waiter when he was in high school at Applebee's back in like I would say ha- Applebee's heyday. But now all I hear from it from anybody that ever goes there is just like semi warm like microwave food. So I imagine that yeah. in the bar. 
they're like shaking, you know, like a shaker, like a bartender would, but inside is like battery powered microwave technology. And they put a goo pouch into <laughs> it and then they just shake it and it heats up the goo pouch and they pour it over ice. And then, you know, you've got heated goo over ice and that's what your drink is. It doesn't help I'm, that I'm, our local Applebee's has been shut down multiple times for E. coli outbreaks. I thought it was so MRSA. Yeah. As well. Or whatever the Whatever the was. cruise. Uh, <laughs> Is that what it is? Uh, it's not MRSA. Yeah. I, what's the what's the cruise know. what's the cruise um thing that people get? Tom. Uh it's a, it's a it's like a it's a thing that people get from when you go onto a cruise. You you I don't know. Get, I'm not old enough to know. I don't know. I've never been on a cruise, but that's what I heard. It's been it's been <laughs> shut down a few times. Well, um I guess uh, to 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 end that giant uh, commercial or slam on Applebee's, uh, we should just chat really quickly about uh, where you can find us. So at Cohops Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. Um, as Nick stated earlier, you can send emails, comments, questions, suggestions to cohopspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, your email might be read on the show. So if you don't want something read on the show, please let us know. Um, Zach, where can we find you outside of co-ops? Uh, the random occasional time I post on Twitter, it's at Zach has no pants. And you can find me at gmink16 on Instagram and Twitter. And I know Nick, who uh, unfortunately dropped out because internet issues, uh, you can find him. I think it's uh nickel and prinzing and prinzing um and nicholas.prinzing correct i don't remember which one of those is twitter and which one's instagram but try them both yeah. you'll find you'll find one it'll be like hitting the, the i'm i'm feeling lucky button on google hey and you know what this this thought crossed my mind and i'll go on to a random tangent uh i guess that's kind of related but uh if you would like us to not state this and just put it in the um description because the few of you that listen know where to find us uh you can do that cuz um yeah uh, i'm sure i'm sure that you can find us if you're interested in finding us but um yeah continue to give us your feedback thank you again for listening and have a good night later